Oh, this is going to be good fun. I've Always, lo- I love this guy. This, told- this guy is fantastic. I've told you I've been... I've been flicking the channel. You've been, but obviously, as a North man, you should. Yeah, the AFL, when it's not quite doing it, I'm bang, I'm straight over and I, I don't flick back. Uh, well, as you, as you would. Uh, but our superstar friend um, joins us, and that's uh, Matty Russell from Fox Sports League. G'day, Matt. G'day, man. Jeez, that's quite the build-up. I've got to live up to that now, haven't well, I? You always do, Matt. You always do. You always do. Now, uh, you obviously, next uh, Wednesday, how did it all start? State of origin number one. Absolutely, and it's in Adelaide to start, so neutral territory to begin. Then we go to Suncorp Stadium, then back to a core stadium in Sydney. So Adelaide, Brisbane, Sydney, which makes Game 1 crucial for the Blues. I think they need to Mm. get out of the blocks in a hurry. Uh, To set the scene for your listeners, of course, this series has been going since uh, 1980. Uh, Queensland, over the last couple of decades, have dominated. They're the defending champs, having taken... Game three last year. Uh, New South Wales, in fact, both sides, I've got to say, um, <clears throat> Greg Alexander and Brad Fittler for New South Wales, Billy Slater and his team for Queensland, have run the changes. Uh, New South Wales with three debutantes, all of them on the bench, Nico Hines, Tavita Pangai Jr. and Hudson Young. Queensland with one debutante. That's Reese Walsh at the back, edging out Kalen Ponga. There are other changes as well in the team, but there's four debutants across the two outfits to start game one. And yeah, on tape, on paper, there are any number of talking points. It was here, mate. It is going to be a huge series. Um, it's, I don't think we can pick it just yet. And uh, it's, yeah, game one's going to be uh, very important. But how good is... Can I... Get your opinion. How good is rugby league going at the moment? I think the way the season's panned out, there's what six teams on the same or seven teams on the same points, it's in a pretty good spot at the moment. Some teams have hit the halfway mark of their season already. All of them will catch up and hit that midpoint over the next few weeks. And the season has been maybe the best we've ever seen mm. in terms of. The first month of the competition, despite being played in brutal heat, was just uh, absorbing. So many close games, so much great footy. We thought that month of heat might take it out of the players, but they have continued to provide week in, week out. We've seen multiple golden point games. We've seen tremendous finishes. And it's the closest competition that most people can remember. You're right, five teams on 16 points. There are another handful on 14. Basically, every team in the comp is only a couple of wins away from that that top eight. Now, it's an interesting ladder this year because 27-round competition, uh, each team plays 24 games, each club gets three buys, and you get two points for the buy in Mm. the NRL, which is a whole different story. We could argue that (laughs) until the cows come home. But it means that the ladder's a bit funky whenever you look at it. The one thing that you can't argue, and that is that it is very, very close. And uh, Phil Gould, uh, a long-time, well-respected rugby league voice, he's famous for saying... The Premiers could be well hidden, and I I agree with him. Who knows who's going to hit their straps in the back end of the season? Who knows who's going to fire during the finals? I think Penrith is obviously the team to beat as back-to-back Premiers, but there are any number of contenders around them. And to answer your question really briefly, the footy's been absolutely outstanding. And on top of that, did you see the Dolphins uh, getting to where they are at the moment? Absolutely not. They play tomorrow and could score their seventh win mm. of the season. Oh, I didn't think they'd go near seven wins for the year. And and that's because, you know, they don't have any big-name players. But i tell you what, they've perhaps got the biggest name in charge, Wayne Bennett, 
901 games under the belt. Tomorrow's game number two. And he just got the magic dust. He's able to uh, create magic with multiple teams, multiple, be they rep teams, be they club outfits. And he has got a, 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 a talented lineup, but without a superstar or superstars in the lineup to uh, play beyond their means, to lift. And um, they're a red hot chance of making finals, which will be an extraordinary success for them. And as, as Melbourne people as as we are here uh, do they do can we read into it the, the good move on getting those sort of strong Melbourne players and Melbourne influence up there absolutely it's been key to them the Bromwich brothers Felice Kalfusi just just uh, leadership uh, outstanding individuals you don't play as many games as those three did under Craig Bellamy at Melbourne but if you're not a a good person be a talented footballer and see have the right work ethic and mental application to make a go of it wherever you are. So that was, that, that was astute from Wayne Bennett and his team to sign those three. And yes, uh, that, that bubbled over last week when the Dolphins played mm. Melbourne. Melbourne won. Uh, Felice Calfusi got a bit fired up, but that's because they're, they're good mates and they want to uh, compete and win on the field when they're out there opposing each other. And in the scenes after that game, I, I know we want to talk about Origin, but after that Dolphins Storm game, the scenes on the ground afterwards uh, were really special, I thought. Yeah, I liked them too. I, I know there were some questionable incidents during the game, but um, that, that's what competitors do. That's what men who test themselves physically against each other, it's an unwritten law that you know we can be best mates off the field, we can share a beer and a laugh and, and be mates for a lifetime, but on the field I'm going to try and whack you, I'm going to try and get one over you, that's the way we are um, set, it's the way we're programmed until someone can pull a chip out of someone's brain, a footballer's brain and reprogram it we'll be seeing that for another hundred years <laughs> And back to back to Origin, uh, we saw yeah, Reese Walsh being brought in instead of Ponga, I think Ponga, was he, did he get injured on the weekend or was there a, is there a head injury sort of floating around with him? It's one of the big talking points because obviously Kalen Ponga missed a big slab of football earlier this year with concussion, having had concussion issues in the past. Mm. Um, he has since returned and played some pretty good football, but on the weekend in Coffs Harbour, he did cop a head knock. Yeah. Um, he was cleared by the Newcastle medical staff to return and did, and said afterwards, no, no, I'm all good. There was nothing to see there. However, Billy Slater has overlooked... Kalen Ponga on the back of concerns regarding his physical readiness to play Origin. Now, the, the quirk is that uh, Newcastle named him to play club football this weekend. So the debate rages if he's good enough to play for the Knights, and you can't question the integrity of the Knights medical team, no. if he's good enough to play for the Knights this weekend, why, why isn't he good enough to go into Origin? Now, the argument could be that Origin is a, a step up again, a class above, a faster, more powerful, brutal game. But um, there's lots of people with raised eyebrows this week about the fact that Kalen Pong has been overlooked for his state because of a head knock, but he's playing for his club despite a head knock. Mm, interesting one. And, and playing the game in, uh, in Adelaide, your thoughts and feelings and, and the, uh, the players' feelings around that? Look, I know it's controversial because some people say it's a, a New South Wales v Queensland series. Uh, so let's play it in New South Wales and Queensland. My attitude has long been, this is Rugby League's greatest showpiece uh, aside from the grand final. So if you can uh, use your greatest showpiece to grow the game, then you should be doing it. So I've got no qualms. The league does very well financially out of it. Stadiums will be full because it's such a good event that people travel and, and you can spread the game. Now, should we be spreading the game in Adelaide? 
well. That's debatable. I would have thought, you know, we've been to Perth before. New Zealand could certainly do with a boost given they've got an NRL team. Mm. Um, I think I'm, I'm more than happy to take Origin to grow the game. I, I just don't know whether we need to be growing it in areas where there's no prospect of a team arriving in the, in the future. Uh, last one for me. Yeah. Second, sorry, mate. No, second, fine. the second Melbourne team perhaps was no. floated, but uh, no. where, where are we uh, at with another team coming in? Given the uh, old numbers, I can hear Jack saying no, no. <laughs> that was the same from uh, uh, Melbourne Storm Power Brokers for obvious reasons. Yeah. Look, I, I think there are uh, the game is going to grow. It wants to grow, but a second Melbourne team will not be the area yep. of growth, uh, maybe in my lifetime, because uh, there's. There's rich turf to be um, be reaped up there in Queensland, and New, New Zealand is a better prospect. If you go to Perth, it's a national competition. There's talks about a Pacifica team representing all, um, you know, Samoa, Cook Islands, Tonga, mm-hmm. Fiji, Papua New Guinea. Um, look, there are a number of really exciting areas where the game can go before Melbourne, and the, the storm are ticking along quite nicely down there. I don't think we need a second Melbourne team. It would be a tough tough grind and it would probably be to the detriment of Melbourne and, and both clubs if there was a second Melbourne team. Yeah. No, good no, to hear. Very good, very good. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that was a sort of going to be my question is where the, where the 18th team will be. Um, but uh, just with, uh, with the Melbourne Storm, um, Craig Bellamy obviously re-signed and he's going to go around again next year. I mean, we, we, it just seems like he's there every year. I mean, are we waiting for Billy Slater to get his eggs right and uh, make sure he's ready? Maybe, but while ever Craig Bellamy has an urge to coach, mm. rugby league is lucky to have him coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when he re-signed last week, I jumped on the Fox Sports Lab engine. And do you know that um, when you look at winning percentages of every first-grade coach from 1908 onwards, Craig Bellamy runs third at nearly 70%. The two blokes ahead of him coached in 1925 and 1950 and only for a season and a season and a half. Right. This bloke's been doing it for 21 years and and any, of any coach to lead a team for more than 30 games, yeah. Craig Bellamy is clearly number one. And and people will say, oh, but hang on, he had an illegal team for a few years here. That, that's cheating. Well, since um, that since they've become legal, his his uh, winning percentage has actually increased. And since the retirement of the big three, I talk about Slater, Cronk and Smith, he's up at 74%, even higher again. So, yeah. you know, you yeah. can throw stones whatever way you want at Craig Bellamy. The bottom line is he's a bloody good coach. Uh, Melbourne has been lucky to have him, and by virtue, the NRL has been lucky to have him. Uh, Cameron Munster apparently went over to him and said, Craig, some of the senior players here think you've got more to offer. Uh, we'd really like you to stay on. And that brought him back from the edge. He was headed towards retirement. He heard that. He said, I'm reluctant to take life advice from Cameron Munster, but on this occasion I did. And um, next year's no guarantee to be his last. He might have a big finish to this season. He might have a freshen up over summer. He might say, you know what? I'm back in the groove here. He's put, admitted that he doesn't know what he's going to do when he retires. So Maybe that's uh, it. next year will probably be his last, but it's no guarantee. Because we, we've had him on our show and and, and I've coached like local level footy and you want the inside, and he, but he's, he's like super modest but sort of really laid back in that you can't get too much out of him or I don't know, he's a bit of an enigma. Well, I've always enjoyed my dealings with Craig. I just find he's uh, pretty honest, very mm. straight up and down. 
gives you a chance, doesn't tolerate fools, but doesn't uh, try and work out who you are until you open your mouth and prove you are a fool. So <laughs> I, I think that you've you basically everyone's got a really good chance with Craig. He, he's as honest as the day is long, and I, I've got a lot of time for him. I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed my dealings with Craig Bellamy over a fair while now. And look, I, I've been asking people this week. Um, uh, what, what? Who would you most like to be coached by of all the coaches in the NRL? And Craig Bellamy runs first in my little poll among my mates and work colleagues yeah. because they'd say, I reckon he'd get the best out of me. I reckon yeah. I'd know exactly where I stood and I think I'd be very comfortable that I would be the best version of myself under Craig Bellamy. And you know what? All the players who've been under him have turned out exactly like that. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, Billy Slater, if he's next in line, I mean, he gets his... Is this his second origin that he's coaching uh, Queensland? So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, Billy's won last year. Um, before that, it was Brad Fittler um, edging him out um, in, in 2021. Or was that Wayne? Oh, the years all mingle in. I think uh, Wayne Bennett won the unwinnable series um, in 2020. And then... Um, Billy took over in 2021 and lost to, to Brad Fittler, but, but struck back last year in brilliant fashion. So, look, I, I don't know how long Billy wants to coach Origin for. There's a new deal on the table for him, though, and he's got a, a, a horse-breeding enterprise and mm. his television commitments. There's a lot going on to excite Billy Slater without having to head coach. So unless he wants to tick that box, he might not be hurrying into that stressful job. Jason Riles linked with the Dragons job. is one man who's heavily spoken about when it comes to Melbourne so that could unfold there but uh, Billy's priority is taking down New South Wales where um, yeah, there, there are some big talking points with uh, Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trevojevic returning in the centres, mm. they were dynamic in 2021 uh, they didn't play at all last year in this series so I think that in my mind those two centres tip the balance of power back New South Wales favour Luai and Cleary, the Penrith halves combination together again at the scrum base for New South Wales. And then the forward pack's rock solid. Payne Haas has been dynamic. I, I really like the bench. I think Tavita Pangai Jr. will rattle a few of the Queenslanders. Just got to keep him on the field. Hope he doesn't go too crazy. <laughs> Hudson Young, the Canberra forward, he's built for origin yeah. as well. And boys, I've been giving it at the Queenslanders this week because I couldn't believe that they, you know, Queensland has built a legend on picking and sticking by yeah. rewarding loyalty. Yet, they've cast aside Carlin Ponga. They've cast aside Gagai. Dane Gagai, despite his best form in a long time for, for Newcastle. And they've cast aside Kurt Capewell. So, next time you say that, or they say that New South Wales don't get origin, we pick and stick, you can throw that argument straight out the window. <laughs> I, 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 you mentioned his name before, and he's also he's leading the Dally M at the moment, Payne Haas. It'd be lovely to see a big fella win it. No prop has ever won the Dally M. Oh. So, you know, he's trying to go where no man has gone before, big pain. But, look, he's um, probably remodelling the way that front rowers play the game. Um, big, mobile, fast, skillful. Um, if he's not the best prop in the game already, he's closing in on it. You know, Joe Tarpany might have something to say about that. James Fisher-Harris, perhaps. But, yeah, Payne Haas, Junior Barlow, the front rowers, to start at this stage for New South Wales, there might be some late changes there, but, yeah, it's a good forward pack. And Payne Haas, the Dally M goes under wraps now. We don't see the voting. Oh, it stops down. So, basically, he leads the field into the straight. We won't see the field again until the finish line. Fantastic. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Matty, we might have to leave it there, mate. Uh, unfortunately, Great we, we could preview the NRL for hours with you. Um, 
it's such a joy. We must we must get you on uh, throughout the series so uh, to enjoy it more because uh, it's just it's great chatting with you. Thanks for thanks for your interest in rugby league boys any time at all and enjoy Origin One. This time next week will yep. be just an hour or so from kickoff. <laughs> Fantastic. Really appreciate your time, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Good on you, man. <laughs> Matty Russell there, Fox Sports League commentator, and yes, you can chat to him for hours with rugby Sports. league.